Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, February 22nd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And here are today's headlines. Mayor Adams is halting his budget cuts for city agencies, like the Department of Education and the NYPD. This comes after Adams proposed across-the-board budget cuts last fall to allocate more funding to social services for migrants. But tax revenue in 2023 was much higher than City Hall projected. So instead of continuing to cut funding for every city department, Adams says he'll continue to reallocate some of the money for migrant programs, which he said were over-budgeted for. That means essential services like trash pickup and schooling are safe from budget cuts for now. Since last fall, the mayor painted a bleak picture of the city's finances due to the migrant crisis. But experts say the financial situation is better than they thought. The New York City law that hoped to give non-citizens voting rights has been ruled unconstitutional. It would allow New Yorkers with green cards or federal work authorization to cast their ballot in local elections. But even though the law was proposed almost two years ago, it's never gone into effect. This recent ruling is the second time the law has been deemed unconstitutional. Mayor Adams hasn't said if he plans to appeal the decision, which would bring the case to the highest court in the state. Lawmakers and legislatures are launching the Get Congestion Pricing Right campaign, and as WFUV's Laney Nguyen reports, a major part of the initiative is calling on leaders to invest in public transit. Lawmakers and advocates held a press conference to launch the Get Congestion Pricing Right campaign. They are calling for $90 million in funding for buses in this year's New York State budget before congestion prices roll out. If taken into action, $45 million will go to increase bus frequency and reliability. The other $45 million will go to expanding the fare-free bus pilot program, which currently is applied to five MTA bus routes. Derek Holmes from the Rider Alliance says that it is essential for New York buses to be improved. Getting congestion pricing right means taking this opportunity to get our buses right. And the only way for us to do that is to invest in frequent, reliable, affordable service and to put transit riders first on our streets. And not just south of 60th Street, but we're talking across the entire city in every borough from Fordham Road to Flatbush Avenue to Northern Boulevard. I'm Lainey Nguyen, WFUV News. The city comptroller's office is filing a lawsuit against two MTA contractors for underpaying workers. Nearly 400 workers were hired by Fleetwash and LN Pro Services to clean subway cars during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the city is claiming the two companies paid these workers less than was legally required by city rules even though both firms were awarded lucrative contracts. That's right, Emma. Combined, the two companies were awarded nearly $40 million in contracts by the MTA. But the lawsuit alleges they didn't pay enough of that money to workers. The lawsuit is seeking a total of $2.5 million in restitution for the workers' underpayments, fines, and interest. A massive Japanese food festival is back in New York this year, and it's bigger and better than ever. Japan Fest is hosting 30 outdoor events across Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens from March until November. Organizers say the nine-month festival is the largest Japanese food festival on Earth, with roughly 1,000 vendors and hundreds of thousands of visitors. The festival aims to blend authentic Japanese food, music, and dance with local New York culture. Japan Fest will kick off its season on March 23rd in the East Village. And now it's time for sports. WFUV sports reporter Ben Oppenheimer joins us now to give the latest in sports this week. Ben, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here, guys. Thank you. 
Let's get into some sports tech news. It looks like Apple is getting into the world of sports news content. What's the latest on that, Ben? That's right, Emma. On Wednesday, Apple released their brand new sports app, which is aptly called Apple Sports. The app has a simple but useful job, showing real-time scores of games being played across all major sports leagues. So what makes this app any different from the major players, like ESPN or Bleacher Report? Well, they all might look the same at first glance, Jay, but this new app from Apple has one feature that Apple executives believe will lift it above the rest, timeliness. While other sports apps can take a while to open and also have delays in updating scores in real time, Apple Sports is designed to be fast and simple for multiple quick checks per day. That sounds like a great new tool for sports fans. But let's move over to the NBA, where fans of All-Star Games might have found themselves underwhelmed by this weekend's action. Yes, the NBA All-Star Game might have drawn in 11.6 million viewers to tune in to the event last weekend, but the sports media personalities and fans watching took to social media to vent their frustrations with the lack of competitiveness in the game. Why are people saying it wasn't competitive? Well, Jay, it's hard to see the game as a genuine contest between two teams when the final score is 211 to 186. It looked like a shoot-around throughout the game, and Bucks star point guard Damian Lillard took and made multiple half-court shots. ESPN's Stephen A. Smith said he thought the All-Star game should be eliminated due to the lack of effort and defense put in by the players. But there was a bright spot from this All-Star weekend. Can you tell us about this year's special three-point contest? It surely was an exciting moment and a nice change of pace for the NBA. They invited Golden State Warriors superstar point guard Stephen Curry and New York Liberty guard Sabrina Ionescu to compete in a three-point contest. Curry won the duel 29-26, but the battle between the two of them lived up to the hype. Both players say they would do it again in the future. I'm glad there was at least a little bit of excitement, even if the game was lackluster. Let's move over to baseball. It looks like players and fans are giving the MLB an earful over some controversial new uniforms. Yes, the MLB debuted its new Nike Vapor Premier jerseys during spring training. The league says its new jerseys were engineered to improve mobility, moisture management, and fit, while keeping sustainability in mind. Some players like Orioles catcher Adley Rushman say they appreciate the change, especially since the new threads would keep him cooler in hot summer weather but others were less enthusiastic. The main criticism is that the new jerseys look like the cheaper replica jerseys that fans can buy in stores. One player went as far to say that they look like something you'd find in TJ Maxx. Has anyone within the MLB responded to the criticism of the new jerseys? Yes, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred addressed the backlash from the fans and the players, noting how the new jerseys are performance wear, which is a change in pace from the league's traditionally thicker uniforms. But the commissioner says he thinks that ultimately, the new jerseys will be really popular. You never know, maybe these new jerseys could grow on the players and fans as time goes on. Ben Oppenheimer is a reporter with WFUV Sports. Ben, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me on, guys. And before we go... Last week, we talked about a dust-up between an Oklahoma radio station and its listeners over Beyonce's new country song, Texas Hold'em. Take a listen. K-92.3 
KYKC in Bing, Oklahoma had originally refused to play that song, saying that on principle, they wouldn't play Beyonce because she's not a country artist. But the station reversed its decision after receiving backlash from listeners. But this week, Texas Hold'em is breaking even more barriers. That's because the song's success made Beyonce the first black woman to ever top the Billboard country chart. She also becomes the fourth person to ever simultaneously hold the top spot on both Billboard's country chart and R&B and hip-hop chart. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around 3 o'clock for the latest news, exclusive interviews, and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm Emma Murphy. And that's What's What.